Well, fall is here, and we would know that even if it wasn't September 21st on the calendar because it's a beautifully lovely gray and rainy day outside in Missoula. We're bringing you some soccer and snow and smoke live from the Missoula Broadcasting Company studios here on the north side. I'm Andrew Houghton. Happy to bring you soccer and snow and smoke throughout the fall, keeping you updated on all the soccer happenings throughout the Treasure State and even around the world. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you, as always, by Zootown Sports Cards. Happy to have Zootown Sports Cards on board. Go find them, 2100 Stevens Avenue in the Stevens Center, Missoula's hub. For all things sports card and memorabilia collecting, today's guest on Soccer and Snow and Smoke, somebody who's been in before but has lived a whole life in the interim. He's been away, he's been back. Now back with the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, goalkeeping coach Jay Landum, back in the studio. Yeah. Jay, thanks for being here. Thanks so much. What's life been like for you, man? Because we really haven't had the chance to catch up since you've been back. Uh, A little bit about your story. You were in here a year or two ago talking with me about Camellia Zoo. Yep. You took another job? I did. You went went away for a year. You went to the East Coast, actually, for a year. Now you're back. How have you been? So good. So good. Um, That was a really important and interesting chapter we can kind of go that direction um i was recruiting in san diego um and connected with the villanova coaching staff and really long story short they uh pursued me and invited me to be the assistant coach there and um was not a good fit for me um the it was it was the right move when it comes to the objective climbing the coaching ladder, you know, the, the Villanova name, uh, the paycheck, the conference. Um, I've been climbing the coaching ladder for most of my coaching career. And so I, I thought I would stay on that path and keep climbing. And then once I was there, um, just realized it was not the right fit. And working with Chris and Ashley living in Montana, being a Grizzly, um, my life outside of coaching, my life of coaching here in Missoula, Montana with the University of Montana is that's who I am, you know? And so I left that job and uh, without an actual um, job prospect in sight, uh, I went home and lived with mom and dad for a little bit, kind of rested and recovered. And then Chris and I were on the phone and I'd caught wind that the position might become available again, which kind of gave me a little bit of a lifeline. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if that was the direction it was going to be able to go. I was looking at other options, um, but then Chris called and offered me the position back. And before he had even finished the question, I was already saying yes. Um, and again, we we talk about sometimes how it's it's the universe. Um, that same day, I called my old landlord. Um, Dave and Shannon are this just wonderful couple that live in um, kind of towards the Bitterroot. And they have a great house here in Missoula that they just want some some good tenants. And that's where I was living before I moved. And so I texted them and I was like, hey, I know this is a long shot, but I'm moving back. Um, do you know of anything that's available? And Dave was like, actually, oddly enough, a unit in the same house has come available and we haven't even posted it yet. And so the same day that I got my job back, I got my old house back. I texted all my friends. We had a um, just just it, it it's worked out better than ever. And um, and then just being back with Chris and Ashley, 
being back with the team. Um, a lot has changed. I have uh, changed a lot. Coaching has has shifted from me being um, identifying myself as a coach. You know, I am Coach Jay. To more identifying myself as I am Jay who coaches. Uh, I love coaching so much, um, but the 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 climbing the ladder and and seeing what's next and it not quite being the right fit helped me realize that I mean happiness is priceless you know that was kind of the the mantra um, that came out of it was happiness is priceless and and being with the people that you love and the place that you love and a community that loves you um, that's what it's about and and a, a big name and a, and a big paycheck doesn't doesn't matter when it comes to not being happy and uh, and so being back here has been the greatest thing for my self, the greatest thing for my coaching confidence. Um, and, and it's been really, really fun just to every now and then reflect, be like, wow, that was crazy. And I'm back here. <laughs> I just stand on our beautiful soccer field and I see all of our fans and I see our players doing great things. And I collaborate with Chris and Ashley and we laugh and goof off, but also take things seriously and focus on, on winning and developing the player. And while all that is going on every now and then, I just kind of like, wow, my feet are back on the ground in Missoula. And it's and it really feels amazing. This is a special place and, uh, and the community is special. And we and I really think that we're we're right now on the front end of of growth, you know, and, and we've been Chris has been here for five years. I've been here for three and a half intermission. Take it to four, I guess. <laughs> um, Ashley's been here for two and a half years, um, and the success is 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 building. And a lot of people feel like, "Wow, man, they're peaking," and and we really don't see it that way. We see that we're that we're really just now um, getting this this train moving. You know, it took some some chugga chugga years, <laughs> and now we we feel like we have some big momentum behind us, and it feels really good. That's awesome to hear, man, and it's cool to hear how the, the stars sort of align for you coming oh, yeah. back here. Chris Chudovitsky, uh, who's the, the head coach, of course, of the Montana Grizzlies mm-hmm. soccer team and a, a frequent guest on the podcast, it sort of seems like that's the environment he's built, right? Because yes. he's been here for six years, and I, I don't know this for sure, but it seems mm-hmm. to me like with the success that they've had, he's a guy who's probably had the opportunity to move away as well mm-hmm. and yeah. has, has committed to – what he's building here in this environment and this town. Yeah. Uh, Chris is super involved in the community mm-hmm. around here. Um, it just seems like that's sort of the, the attitude around the entire coaching staff as far as we know that there are other opportunities out there, Yeah. but we also recognize how great of a place this is that, that we have the opportunity to coach in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to that, I just, you know, the word that is thrown around all the time, but that is more true here than, in my opinion, anywhere else is family. Um, Chris is such a close friend of mine and an incredible boss. Um, I know that his wife and their kids and and their family love this place. Um, we we talk often about you know what fills up our cup, what what gives us energy. How are we able to show up for the players and design good coaching sessions and training sessions and, and program a season and, um, and stay motivated and, and, and run a business, which is a team, um, really well. 
And so much of that comes from having a living in a place and being a part of a community that fills up our cup every day. You know, you walk outside and you see Sentinel and you see Jumbo and you go on walks at um, Blue Mountain or you drive up to Glacier or you drive down the Bitterroot anywhere, you know, with, within 30 minutes, an hour, you're in some of the most beautiful country and, um, and the people here are just so kind. You know, I grew up in Southern hospitality in Tennessee and love Southern hospitality, but there's just something about a Montana kindness that, that, that sets it apart. And, um, I think that's why, even though yes, schools call at times, um, we still are just like, no, this is, this is our space. You know, we're, we're here. We have a, uh, a beautiful program and, and, um, amazing support and, um, it's, it would be really, really, really hard to, to leave. And, uh, and it feels really good to be here. You know, I, I, I love that Chris just signed a three-year contract. You know, that's, um, something that makes me feel really good having left and seeing that it's not always greener on the other side. Um, having left and, and knowing what it's like to, to miss this place so much. Um, Chris signing a three-year contract and knowing that I am his associate head coach and Ashley is his assistant, like we are here with him um, and supporting him. It feels really, really good because a lot of coaches are always looking for that next thing and never really settling down. And I think that's why we're seeing the numbers at um, games that we are with our fan support. I think that's also why we're seeing this, the the um, the success. That's not the only reason why, but I think that's one of the reasons why is because we're so invested. You know, this is like you said, Chris is is really involved with the community. A lot of soccer coaches never really get involved with their community until they feel like they've hit that job, that power five big time job, and we're like, no, this is our this is our home. This is our space. Let's build it up and and do something special with it. Jay Landham, the once-and-future associate head coach yeah. of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. He's in charge of the goalkeepers over there at South Campus Stadium. Yeah, I, I first got an inkling that you were maybe coming back mm-hmm. into town because you started posting a couple pictures <laughs> of you of you just going on runs in the mountains around yeah. here. And I was like, oh, that seems familiar. I wonder mm-hmm. if he's back. This was back in, in December or January of yeah. last year. But you are a guy who who loves the outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, loves being out there. Have you have you done anything particularly cool? Any cool trips since you've been back? That's a good question. Um, I think that I like. There's a spectrum of of awesomeness that Montana provides, and I have friends who do the 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 ten day backcountry adventures and the uh, cycle crossing and the. Uh, ultra marathons and and that kind of stuff and I think it's so cool and at first I was like that's me <laughs> and it's not um, what is me is 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 being my friends going on two or three day you know dispersed camping trips where the car's not that far away and the uh, mom and pop diner is uh, a quick drive over from the campsite and then we come back and hop on the paddle boards and um, I love this place and there's so many different areas that of adventure that you can kind of find your comfort zone in and and Missoula for me is I I love trail running Um, I love camping I love paddle boarding Um, I have a really awesome community here both in the soccer community in the Montana community and in in the community as a whole Uh, friends outside of the university um, who who 
support me as being Coach Jay and then also like, hey, let's go camping this weekend, you know, and it's, it's really fun to have um, a diverse um, open space to just go on a camping trip or go kick a soccer ball around or go play volleyball. And so definitely looking to um, plan things at all times. I, I, you know, what's, what's next on the adventure list. And then once the soccer season rolls around, that adventure list kind of gets uh, postponed and, yeah, of and, course. and all the energy is, is put towards the soccer, which I love. I love the, uh, this time of the year, super, super busy, but um, it keeps us going full full throttle and i won't talk a lot about this season and and what you guys have been doing so far but one more just to touch on um your sort of intermission uh Mm -hmm. your your time away and you mentioned how that helps you realize some things yeah but but how else did your time at villanova and you were there for just the one season Mm. what else did you learn from that how do you feel you're different as a coach now from from before you left it's a great question. Um, I think that before I left, um, there was a level of intensity uh, to my coaching that made me feel good, but maybe didn't benefit the environment that I was um, working with, the players I was working with. They all responded really well. I've always been um, kind of goofy coach Jay and, and while also being extremely passionate about my work and, um, and have always put a lot of energy and effort into it. Um, but I think that at times I kind of lost sight of, of what it was really about, which is the development of, of human beings who go out into the world and do great things and also have an awesome college experience playing soccer and, and, and being a good teammate and, um, being a part of a community that loves them and and loves the 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 game that they play um and so going away and seeing how things are are ran at um another university really helped me see that um it can be done in a good way and it can be done in a not good way. Um, and here at Montana, we're doing it in a really good way. And I want to, if it can be done in a good way, then I want to do it in the best possible way, uh, which is, which is player centered, um, human centered coaching. Um, it is also, um, not about, um, how do I say it? Um, our value as coaches and the players' value as players is not wrapped up in our identities. It's wrapped up in the fact that we're human beings. And, um, and then out of that, we're able to coach better and play better. And, um, and I think that one of the things that I experienced firsthand at a bigger school is um, the, the name was everything. You know, you, um, you, you had to put on the very best version of yourself for the sake of... Um, the the name Villanova uh, or any any program um, that that sees it that way um, when at the end of the day we are playing a game you know and at the end of the day it is it's we just can't I guess the main thing back to the question is I learned that it is about the people and the game of soccer is beautiful and it should be and it should be a beautifully coached game that develops people um, and and isn't about um, an image necessarily. And so um, 
Yeah, and I think some of the more tangible things, I, the coaching things I learned is um, trust your intuition, you know, and, and always have a plan, um, but trust your intuition and, and um, go out there and, and be yourself and um, in the training sessions, in the games, um, really involve the team in the decisions you make to a certain degree. Um, it's not all about the coach making all of the decisions. Involve the players. They're the ones playing the game. Um, and, and so that's been a really cool evolution in my coaching since um, coming back is in a session, it's like, hey, what do you all see in this session that I've designed that can be upgraded? Uh, how can we make it more competitive? How can I um, make it um, touch the topics and, the, and, and be a part of the weaknesses we need to work on and the strengths we need to build on? Um, so yesterday we had a really awesome session with the back line. Um, and halfway through, it was like, all right, what, what are you all seeing out there that um, is the need? You know, I, I see my things from the sideline. I see my things from the film. Uh, but y'all are the ones playing the game. And so really being a much more cooperative um, coach than a, than a command-style coach is something that's, that's also come from that evolution. Jay Landum, the associate head coach of Montana Grizzlies soccer uh, the goalkeeping coach over there for the Grizz, joining us on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Jay, we hit this the last time you were in, and and we had a great podcast before you left for that Villanova job with, with you and Camellia Zoo. Mm-hmm. You went over this back then, so I'll, I'll post a link to that old podcast mm-hmm. as well if you guys want to get the full story and everything. But just tell everybody a, a little bit in broad strokes here about, about how you ended up here in the first place, yeah. your backstory, because I know... Uh, you've had a ton of experience in the game from from a long time back, mm-hmm. and that includes both playing and coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, played at Union University in Tennessee. Um, it's a little D2 program. It was NAI while I played, and then it was D2 when I finished playing and started coaching there. I coached there for two years. Uh, I left Union and pursued my semi-professional coaching career. Um, tried to play professional for a little bit, and had an awesome experience for two weeks with the Colorado Rapids before they said, hey, great job, go home. <laughs> uh, but from that, I, I, I learned so much. I saw what was happening at that level, um, what was being taught, what was being um, expected of players. Um, and that was a really cool experience for me. And, and that's kind of when I started pursuing my coaching career more seriously. Um, from there, I went to Northern Colorado um, and I got my master's degree in sport coaching. Um, I also started pursuing my coaching licenses um, at that time, and I played a little bit more semi-pro, which was really uh, just a fun way to kind of coach and study the game and play on a very uh, low-level recreation. Well, semi-pro would be calling it, would be generous, but um, it was still a a little bit of a contract, which was fun. Interestingly, while I was coaching at Northern Colorado, we came to Montana to play Montana. And I have a photo of myself in 2016 on the field, just blown away by how beautiful this place is. Um, And then from Northern Colorado, I um, went to Vanderbilt and I was the volunteer assistant coach and the goalkeeper coach there. Um, And... 
That was about a year of just really intense learning at the SEC level. We won the SEC conference that year, which was really awesome, and learned a ton from Darren Ambrose and Ken and um, and the, the rest of the staff there, and was given a lot of responsibilities and also was given a lot of guidance. You know, Darren runs a really tight ship over there, and so um, I would I, he would give me some freedom and uh, then critique it from a, from a point of um, of expertise, which was really cool for me to just pretty much for a year while also finishing up my master's program being poured into and critiqued by a really brilliant coach. And then in uh, 2019, I saw that the University of Montana was looking for an assistant coach. And uh, Chris and I had coached against each other while I was at Northern Colorado. And I remember that game because it was so cold. But I also remember at the end of the game going and shaking his hand. And it was just this big smile, very warm. And, and uh, it was a very genuine, good job. He was the associate head coach at North Dakota at that time. I was the part-time assistant coach at uh, Northern Colorado at that time. And just come full circle, I'm now Chris's associate head coach at the University of Montana. And... Uh, and um, you know, it's just been a really, really cool ride um, that has been um, supported by awesome mentors and awesome coaching experiences. And um, pursuing my, my coaching education has been a, a huge part of that success and also a huge part of um, my passion. I think it, it's, it's something that um, informs my, my craft. Um, and so... It's been uh, a journey, and I, I love being Chris's associate head coach. I love working with, with Ashley, and, and I really plan on doing that for a long time. Let's talk about this season a little mm-hmm. bit. You guys have been so good this season. Montana Grizz soccer, if you hadn't heard, 6-2-2 two, and two in the non-conference. They mm-hmm. beat Oklahoma. Uh, they drew Ohio State, just drew Oregon State. The defense mm-hmm. has been really good. Uh, yeah. Six shutouts in 10 games. Yes. Uh, five goals given up in 10 games. You mentioned you've talked a lot about you coming back from Villanova as a as a different coach, as a changed coach. Mm-hmm. How's that translated into this run of success that you guys are seeing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that that brought me back so quick, besides all the other things I've already mentioned, is the way that Chris delegates and gives responsibility to Ashley and I and then supports us in that and gives us a lot of freedom. Um, and he's super curious, you know, he wants to, he, he does have his hand uh, in the spaces that Ashley and I are uh, working, but it's not from a point of um, anything other than curiosity and support. And so my unit that I spend a lot of my time with is the back line, uh, the goalkeepers and the outside backs and the center backs. Um, and coming back, just having the freedom to um, try new things, having the freedom to push uh, new ideas and and implement those and see how the players respond and then go to Chris with questions on how he might upgrade it or is this what he wants. Uh, what's really interesting is and, and has been a really awesome experience is that um, I left Villanova with very low confidence and I've always been a high confident coach Um, and so I've um, been able to implement the exact same strategies that I tell the players to do to build confidence back and those that strategy is um, focus on the process do the little things really well 
have a plan, ask for help, celebrate the wins, um, stay consistent, rest well, take care of yourself. Uh, and Chris has been just so supportive of that. And so I was given a lot of support and freedom in the spring to, to build that confidence back. Um, and then, and, and we've also, um, with Chris's help and Ashley's help, um, built kind of subcultures around each unit. So the, the GKU, the Grizzly Keeper Union, has its subculture. And it, it's kind of a unique group. You know, we get to use our hands. <laughs> Makes us quite different. Um, the back line is kind of a subculture. We, we, one of the things that we say is we thrive in, in near 0% room for error environments. You know, we make a mistake in the back line and, and, and it's costly. Um, and so that makes it a really unique um, environment. And so um, we have this year, especially in the fall, just kind of taken the spring to, to explore the idea of um, being a little bit more unit focused while weekly bringing everybody together, right? We can't separate the team. That's, that's one of the number one things that we wanted to focus on in bringing these units more uh, out more boldly um, is like make sure that there is no our units better than your unit. You know, it is we, we don't get to play the game without the rest of the team. We don't even get to play the game without our opponents. So there needs to be a level of respect and appreciation when our opponents show up. Right. And um, that same respect and appreciation goes to the refs. It goes to the fans. Uh, and so this this fall has been built on a spring of trying new things, building our confidence back um, and and really highlighting some of the unique game moments, characteristics and qualities of each unit. Um, you know, Chris is in the midfield and Ashley's in the forwards and uh, we'll separate and then the last half of practice will all come together. Uh, we'll have unit meetings, we'll have film meetings, and, and it's, it's really been cool to see how we have um, kind of tapped into something unique by um, building out each unit and, and we're scoring more goals, we're completing more passes, we are um, moving the ball more quickly and, and teams are having a tougher um, time scoring on us. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of really cool things happening. Um, a stat that came out yesterday that I, I did some research on and, and found is um, if you average all of our opponents' shots on target this year together, um, their attacking units are averaging about 7.5 shots per game on their opponents. And the average shots per game on target against the University of Montana is right at four. So three and a half shots less uh, per game because of what we are doing as a, not just a defensive unit, like the, the, the defensive phase of the game starts with the way that the forwards press and starts with the way that the midfield sets traps. And then, then that spills into our defensive third. And so um, the defensive phase of the game is something that we do brilliantly. And, and it's been really cool to see how all three units plus the goalkeepers have, have come together to uh, make it really tough to, to even get a chance to score on, on Montana. Um, and then we also have a great goalkeeper unit who are, are ready to, to say no when they do get the chance on goal.
you're a guy who who clearly thinks really deeply about mm-hmm. the process and the work of coaching, and I mm-hmm. I knew that before. It's Jay Landum, by the way, associate head coach of the University of Montana soccer team, joining me, Andrew Houghton, in studio for a little soccer and snow and smoke action as we get into uh, Grizz are actually going into the conference schedule this week. They're on the road at Eastern Washington, and then what I think is going to be a really great game against Idaho, who's the the mm. other team in the big sky that looked really, really good in the non-conference. So thanks to, to Jay for joining me here. You're a guy who, who clearly thinks really deeply about this, but we could go in so many d- different directions <laughs> yeah. with that, but but you, you just brought up the stat of the yeah. shots on goal. How much do you base what you're – what you're seeing and what you're coaching and what you're teaching off the statistics versus what you're looking at on the field, what you're interacting with every mm-hmm. day. How do you sort of merge those two sides of it together? Yeah, I told the back line yesterday when we had our, our, our meeting that I'm not a big stats guy. Um, I'm a, you're, you're spot on that I'm much more in the uh, subjective spaces in my just that's kind of the way I lean um well you can do that in uh, soccer because soccer is a sport that has not been taken over completely it's really right. hard to define yeah. statistically what you're seeing on on the pitch right, right. because there are right. so many discrete events that are super important yeah. to the game that are really hard to capture yes statistically it's not like it's not certainly not like baseball but not even something like mm-hmm. basketball where you can measure a lot of the things we're not at that point in soccer yet. Yeah, yeah. It's such a fluid, nonstop sport that um, a million different statistics could be pulled out of the game. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is the, the energy and the effort that you put into it. And it is the culture that you build around winning and around a team. But to your question, you know, I... And I, again, I'm not a, a great stats guy, so I was kind of joking around with the back line that they should have seen me trying to figure out the math <laughs> of, of shots against opponents versus shots against us. And, uh, but I, I, I eventually got it right and, and double-checked it, and, and it was pretty cool to see. Again, I, I don't dive into the stats very often, but every now and then there's one little nugget of, of information and in stats that's like, I don't necessarily know what we pull from that, but let's be really proud of it and let's keep it going. You know, like let's holding our opponents uh, to four shots on target a game um, is something to to really be proud of, and um, and the the shutouts very proud of those as an entire team. Um, the 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 chances that we're creating very proud of those as an entire team. Um, and so stats are, are valuable and, um, and something that I think we'll, we'll continue to look into within, within reason. But I think it also, a lot of teams will dig too deep into that. And, and then you're taking time away from, from other important areas of your coaching, such as the, the human, uh, and culture building and, um, aspect of it. What are the the coaching methods or mm. the tactical things that you're that you're on now? Because, like I said, I mean, you're a guy who thinks really deeply about mm-hmm. it. I, I think you're always trying to evolve. Yeah. That is there is there a new trend that we should be that we should be on that we should be knowing that that you're sort of following right now? Ah, that's a great question. Um, I think goalkeeper distribution is something that um, a lot of teams are beginning to see as 
more important. Um, instead of goalkeeper, catch ball, punt ball, um, it is what are what are the build-out phases? What are the ways that we can uh, hold on to the ball? Now, of course, there are moments where you see how good an opponent's press is, um, and it's best to get that ball away from goal. Um, and if if our opponent's press is really, really effective, then a big punt is the smartest decision. Um, if we've tired them out a little bit and we can now go back to building, um, let's let's build out of the back. Um, but there are some really specific areas of the field that a goalkeeper can place a ball and we can place multiple players within layers, um, both ready to win the ball and ready to pick up the second ball. Um, and then there can be a final layer of a player running in behind and so you've seen that we've scored two goals off of our goalkeeper's distribution. Uh, one was literally an assist by a uh, Ashlyn, and then another one was um, uh, a punt that was picked up, and within three or four um, passes was in the back of the net. And so um, looking at those things has been a, a really cool um, Evolution, um, you know, it's it's not just about getting the ball away from goal. It is, it is how can we now, from the goalkeeper's feet or from the goalkeeper's hands, um, create a chance within, um, you know, within 10, 15 seconds or or faster. Um, I think some other trends are what to do with outside backs. Um, you know, it's it's uh, the weak side outside. So if the ball is on the left side of the field, what is the right outside back doing? Are they just sitting in shape, or are they pinching into the midfield to help create a layer of um, of what we call rest defense? So we we can we pin them into their side? So even when they clear the ball, we're the ones picking that ball up. Um, um, another cool trend right now is is the center back drive. You know, the the instead of the outside back dribbling up the line, um, the center back dribbling dribbling into midfield and then releasing the ball to uh, sevens or outside forwards and nines or center forwards. I'm I'm used to the numbering system, but um, so there's there's a lot of really cool trends, and we're not they're not unique to us. Um, but we are we're trying we're to Chris's credit. Um, as well as to mine and Ashley's, we're very curious. You yeah, know, we're, we're we're very very curious. Like, oh, that looks fun. Let's try that out. You know, if and part of curiosity is sometimes uncomfortable. You know, we'll we'll try it in a game and uh, and we'll tell a you know instead of telling the whole team a tactic, maybe we'll tell one player like, hey, in this particular particular moment, let's show up in this space. Uh, and and at times it's been like, okay, let's not ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's other times it's been like, hey, let's keep doing that. Let's keep looking for that. So uh, it's really been cool to to be a part of such a curious coaching group, uh, and a, and that spills over to the players. Um, you know, if we if we have a timeout during training, uh, a water break, um, if anybody walks by them, um, you know, sometimes Chris and Ashley and I will just stand off to the side and let them have their water break. But if you walked by them, you would you would hear them talking about, hey, when I show up into this spot, find my right foot. And hey, I'm looking for the second ball across this, the, the back corner of the six. Uh, find me there. And hey, you got to frame that moment. You almost, you could you could score a goal if you if you show up there at that moment. So, it's awesome. It's it's um, our our strength coach. His name's Mitch, and he's an absolute workhorse and, and machine. Uh, love working with him and his big focus, um, which which complements our own focus, is is a player led environment. Yeah. And uh, and if you if you listen to our players during a water break, it's not, um, you know. 
what are we doing after practice for dinner? It is, um, I, I really need you to show up in that moment. Or, hey, great job tackling and covering for me when, when I gave away the ball. And, um, and, and we, don't, we don't tell them to do that. Um, and if they are talking about goofy things, then that's great. You know, we're, we're, uh, it, but, but the vast majority of the time, the conversation during water breaks, the conversations during halftime, um, even before or after practice, is really centered around um, what we call leveling up. Yeah, Chris has talked a lot about the professionalism of the mm-hmm. team this year, and I think it is a, a really – like tactically astute and yeah. high soccer IQ mm-hmm. group of players. What what Jay's talking about there is three hundred or four hundred level stuff. But yep. but if you're out, if you're if you're at a Montana soccer game, and you've you've sort of picked up on it, you've been to a couple, or you're a, a big soccer fan who knows what he's talking about. This is stuff mm-hmm. that you can look for. I mean, pay attention to oh, what that's... Ashlyn Dvorak is doing with the ball at her feet. Pay attention to where she's playing it and and how players are moving as she releases the ball. Pay mm-hmm. attention to when she's passing it short to one of the center backs when she's going long. Like Jay said, that's something that you can, if you're comfortable with the speed of the game and you know what's going on, that's something that you can focus in on if you've been to a couple games, and that'll help just grow your understanding because it is something, it, it's not random. Mm-hmm. It's something Absolutely. that you guys work on a ton oh, yeah. uh, individually. And then as as a whole team, so just something to watch there. We're yeah. we're always trying to point stuff like that out. It is Jay Landham, the associate head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer program, joining me for a little soccer in snow and smoke action. Jay, it's been it's been a long and great conversation. Yeah. I can't believe we've gotten this far I know. without talking about Ashlyn Dvorak. Yes. The situation is you guys had Camellia Zoo. Well, mm-hmm. Camellia Zoo was in this situation two years ago. Yes. Having to step in for Claire Howard, mm-hmm. who was one of the great goalkeepers in Big Sky Conference history. And Camellia Zoo two years ago was actually in a little bit of a competition mm-hmm. to start when Claire Howard left. She was just a redshirt freshman. Yep. Nobody really knew who she was. And then she went on that redshirt freshman year to have one of the, the, the greatest years in Big Sky Conference goalkeeping history. She was yeah. goalkeeper of the year. She was defensive player of the week, I don't know, four, five, six times. Yeah. She was absolutely spectacular. And then last year, she has another good year. And then in the offseason, she transfers to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you guys are, are in the situation again, and this has sort of been a through line for the Montana Grizzlies soccer program, is having to replace great goalkeepers. You guys have always done it. Yeah. This year you did it again with the redshirt freshman Ashlyn Dvorak, who people will know from around the state. She was a great goalkeeper at Billings West. Mm-hmm. She led the Golden Bears to the state championship her last year there. She stepped in, and, and like I said, the statistics speak for themselves. Six shutouts in ten games as a yeah. redshirt freshman. <laughs> She's been Big Sky Conference Player of the Week Two times. Twice now in the non-conference, which is only about five weeks, six Mm -hmm. weeks, whatever that is. So it seems like you guys have done it again. I've known that you guys have been super high on Ashlyn Dvorak since she came into the program. Mm -hmm. We've talked with Chris Chitovitsky a lot about her. What have you thought about her ability to to step into this space like somebody like Camellia Mm -hmm. Zoo did two years ago? Yeah, awesome. Um, She's done a really phenomenal job and I'm really proud of her. One of the awesome parts about coaching is developing the relationship with players, seeing them take on the coaching points and also take on the pressure and also take on the maturing process. And then you at times can just sit back and let them ride the wave of development. You know, I, I 
get out there and I train. I have four phenomenal goalkeepers that I work with, and uh, but Ashlyn is just in this in this space of of competitive dominance, and a, she's a soccer junkie. Um, she loves goalkeeping. Um, she's very knowledgeable and very curious about the position, um, and she's also proud of what she's doing, which is a great quality. You know, I think there's kind of this um, underlying um, self-deprecating humility that a lot of people ask player, or, you know, women in particular to to have throughout their careers as soccer players. And uh, I believe that humility is a wonderful thing, but so is being really proud of what you do and how you do it. And so she is um, really proud of her work and she's really, she because of that and because of her vision um, and because of uh, her love for Grizz soccer, I think that's the number one driving force is she loves Grizz soccer. Um, but close behind that is her vision for her career um, and her pride in the work that she does. Um, she's just a competitor, you know, she's just like, I want to compete. I want to win. You know, there, there are the days where her and I have to sit down and be like, Hey, let's, let's turn the knob up on, on this quality and let's turn the knob down on this quality. Let some other players speak into a moment and, um, or let, or maybe this is a moment where you do speak into, um, it's really cool to see. She, she is still a redshirt freshman. And so there's a lot of, um, space to grow. And I think that she would be the first person to say that too. Um, you know, she knows that she hasn't arrived. Um, and she has three more seasons after this one, um, that I really think will be pretty freaking dominant. Um, and, and she, she loves goalkeeping. Um, and I think that she's going to, um, to just continue to study the position and and approach it differently than most players do, uh, we talk a lot about in our in our GKU in the Grizzly Keeper Union. Um, people will say that you made a great save, and we will know that you made an intelligent save. Um, and that's a, a saying that that we reiterate often um, because a lot of people are like, "Wow, what a great power dive!" But it was the it was the repositioning beforehand. It was the um, organizing of the back line with with direct coaching points from the goalkeeper beforehand. It was the visual cues and triggers that you that you read into, and uh, it's the way you got your body set at the moment of the shot, and then you make that big powerful dive. And she knows all of that, like, and she's learning all of that. And so it's not just um, an athlete doing what athletes do. It's a it's an intelligent and soccer junkie um, reading a game moment and making informed decisions and then trusting the the athleticism to, to help solve the equation. If that's kind of the way that we see it and, uh, and kind of a little insight into how I um, design sessions with the goalkeepers and they've, they've all bought into it full heartedly and they all bring their own awesome, unique individual elements to it. You know, Bayless has a, uh, is extremely curious and uh, I can give her a coaching point and literally the next rep she's implemented it. Um, Devin has a ton of power behind her 
um, and she'll make some of these really, really big saves. And then she'll ask me questions about some of the areas where she really does still need to develop. And then Shelby is just this um, stone cold, like uh, stone cold's not the right word, <laughs> but when you see her face in training, she has this level of focus and desire that is really, really infectious and, and, uh, and brings out a level of competitive, competitiveness around uh, the GKU. Um, and she's, she's been working on, on her power dives and on her catching. And so all of that is, is exciting because I know that they're um, hungry and they're pushing Ashlyn um, in the best way possible. And so I'm really fortunate to work with such a unique um, group of, of strong, athletic, curious women who just love goalkeeping. Ashlyn, in a lot of ways, really different from Camellia. Oh, Yes. Because we've talked, I've talked with Camelia Zoo. We've talked with Camelia Zoo about. I mean, she was a spectacular goalkeeper, mm-hmm. but we talked a lot about working on her confidence and mm-hmm. working on the volume, right? In particular, yeah, um, and being unafraid to to say things and to be loud mm-hmm. and to take command. It seems like like Ashlyn has sort of had that from the beginning. Is it? Yeah. Is it a challenge to now? I mean, you've 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 worked yeah. with each of them, and they've mm-hmm. each been really really good. Yeah. Is it a challenge yeah. for you uh, approaching? That's I think that's the the art of coaching yeah. is you know we we talk about the art and the science of coaching you know but part of the art of coaching is, is knowing that each individual is different and has they they have different technical attributes tactical attributes social attributes physical attributes emotional attributes and and Ashlands are really unique. You know, one of the things that I shared with with Chris early on is part of a goalkeeper coach's job is to think about, okay, what kind of goals are we going to give up this year and how do we train uh, that? And with with Cam, I, I was it was pretty clear and cut for like straightforward the areas that we needed to focus our training in. Um, with with Ashlyn, um, it's it's a little bit more nuanced. There's she'll She'll make some really worldly saves, and then again, being a younger goalkeeper, will at times make some some mistakes, and that's understandable. That's that's part of that process, and so it's hard to um, really pinpoint specific areas to uh, focus training. So that's where um, I then get to rely on her. It's like, hey, what do you need to? What do you see as as your need? Um, and then I'll also um, combine that with what I see as as your need in training. Um, whereas for Cam, it was kind of like she was just ready to show up and um, yeah. and pursue that that next layer of development and in our development player plan. And yeah, it's it's really really fun to be able to to approach each situation, each player, each training session differently. Um, and and Ashland's confidence is something that I would never ever try and um, tamper down. You know, and her her love for the position is something I would never tell her to take the the foot off the gas for. You know, I think that there's there again, she would be the first to tell you that there's a lot of growth still in her. Um, and and the maturing process is something that we're all on, whether you're a freshman or you're a 32 year old, 33 year old uh, soccer coach like myself. We're still maturing, but uh, it's really cool to see how she is um, taking on new roles and taking on new. Um, ideas and 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 implementing new skills to her game every single day. You know, it's she's not the kind of goalkeeper that's like, I have arrived. I'm God's gift to to goalkeeping. It's like I'm a I'm a darn good goalkeeper, and 
let's level up, you know. And so after every single game, um, we, we have some text back and forth. And, and it's like, awesome job on these spaces. Uh, stay humble, stay hungry. That's normally how I end it in those, um, in those texts. And, and she, is, she stays humble and stays hungry while still focusing on um, and being confident in her ability. Has there been an in-game moments or in, mm. in, multiple in-game moments that have stood out to you with Ashlyn so far this year? In in which in which direction um, you just either think, or okay awesome I think that um, the Georgia Southern we'll we'll start with the with the negative um, and she let in a goal that she should have caught and she knows it and um, it was really awesome to see her response she didn't lose her voice she didn't uh, stop communicating and organizing. Um, we talked about it for maybe 30 seconds later and then it was done and it was on to the next, you know, and, and a lot of players would see something like that as, um, as a defining moment in their year. It's like, oh, I gave up a goal and we lost one zero. For I was like, I gave up a goal. That happens. Like there's a lot of moments where also she's been the, the goalkeeper to, to save the moment. You know, and so um, it's really cool to see to have seen that response. Um, and I told my I I'd, I'd call my dad after most games and um, he was like, yeah, that was a tough one. And I was like, it, it honestly kind of needed to happen. Uh, I think that that um, it was a cool moment to see her um, grow and evolve and 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 um, and learn from a mistake. And and then the best part about a top level athlete like her and like many of the players on our team is they make mistakes, they are curious about it, they look at it just long enough and then they move on. And Ashlyn has fully moved on and she's fully focused and she's so zoned in on, on what's next. And the rest of the team is, is sort of able to accept that, right? And, that, and that's what's so important because, yeah. uh, you know, in a mistake like that, oftentimes what I think would cause you to lose your confidence if you do lose your confidence is just the the reaction from the rest of the team or, or maybe even just the the imagined reaction yes. from the rest of the team in your own head. Yeah, that's perfect insight. Couldn't say it better. Absolutely. It is it is um you know, that's all eyes on you moment. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and you got to you got to be able to wear that and and then also just trust that the culture and the team um, is stronger than any single player's greatest moment or worst moment. You know, nothing is is beyond the team. It's it's. Um, I, I shared with the backline yesterday. You know, it's so cheesy, but it's so true. It's it's we, not me, and and it is about the team. And and we succeed together. Um, we win together, and we fail together, and we lose together, and so let's let's do a whole lot more winning, <laughs> yeah, uh, than losing. But it is a it is fully uh, bought into team first mentality, um, and that a massive part of that team first mentality is trusting that the your teammates ha- are supporting you, um, even when you when you make a mistake, um, and so it's pretty. Uh, pretty cool to see that and witness that there's a lot of moments like that where I sometimes just have to take my coaching hat off and 
put my normal human hat on and just admire their responses. You know, I really, really, and be inspired by the way these these women respond to adversity um, in a in a way that a lot of people aren't forced to to face it. Um, and so it's that was one of those moments. And then also to that question, I think some other areas of the game that I just you know. We started with the negative. I think going to the positive is uh, Ashland's distribution. It's fantastic, um, really unique. She has a side volley. She has a really accurate throw. She has a drop kick that goes further than mine because <laughs> she's really, um, really, and and she works on it with both feet. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and then um, her ability to deal with crosses. Um, you know, she's not a um, a, str- a really big goalkeeper, no. right? And she is. She players are like, oh, we can we can muscle her around, and she just finds her way to the ball, um, and she knows when to punch and she knows when to catch. And even like, if she does catch and take a hit, somehow she's still um, the dust settles and the players clear out, and she's um, holding onto the ball at the middle of the at the bottom of the pile. And uh, it's really, really awesome to see because that is a very specific game moment, the cross and the long ball into the box with players running at you. That um, is that's a, that's a game-changing moment for a lot of teams when they don't have a goalkeeper who dominates the space as much as, as Ashland does. You know, and so I mean that's that's a that's a big part of our game is is play the ball into the wide spaces and yeah. put bodies in the boxes. You know, we're not unique to that. It's a lot of teams do that. But but when you have a goalkeeper who um, dominates the space um, and makes good decisions and is confident in it um, as much as Ashlyn is, it, it, it really, you know, one of the things that we laugh about is having the power as a member of the back line and as a goalkeeper to – cause the opposing team's coaching staff to go to their plan B, plan C, plan D, because we take away their plan A. Like, if plan A is crossing, good luck. You know, you better go to plan B. Shots from distance. Okay, also there, good luck. Um, you know, your, your, your plan C is to play balls in behind. Well, we have some of the fastest and most intelligent uh, outside backs and leadership and center backs and Ashland's fast off her line. So you might as well just go ahead and go to plan D. And uh, it's really awesome to, to be able to, it's kind of a point of pride in the back line to be like, they have a game plan and it's our job to, to, to make it obsolete. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about uh, the rest of that back line. I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about Ashlyn a lot, but you're working really closely with the rest of that unit as well. And they've been, I oh, mean, yeah. I, I can go over the stats again. It's Jay Landham, by the way. Need to reset every so often. We've been going for a while <laughs> here. But he's the associate head coach over there at the Montana Grizzlies soccer program. He works with the goalkeepers, works with the defenders. They've been doing a great job this year. Six shutouts and ten games in the non-conference, and, and every single one of those a really difficult opponent. Tell me a little bit more about the rest of that back line because you guys have been really good. Yeah. I think that, that Charlie Boone has taken even another step forward this oh, year. Yeah. Reeve yeah. Borseth partnering her at center back. I don't think that's a name that anybody would have known mm-hmm. before the year. She's been really solid. I think that Ava Samuelson has come back 
from her injury and has just looked fantastic. Yep. Uh, you've got a, a ton of talent back there, and yeah. they're and they're all working really well together. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't couldn't say it better. One of the things that we talk about in our uh, backline unit meetings is uh, the mindset of a member of the backline, and part of that mindset is that we don't have to be the the front and center. You know the the goalkeeper will often be pointed out for being for making some big saves and uh, midfielders and forwards will often be pointed out for uh, goals scored and passes completed and uh, the back line um, kind of at times is is just flying under the radar often is flying under the radar and and at at times that will for for players who want the limelight uh, it's not a great position for them but for players who um, know that that it is their level of consistency and their game knowledge that keeps the the opposing team um, having to try and come up with new ways to attack. Uh, when when it's just a really awesome opportunity um, to to kind of go through the entire season, and then at the end of the season, it's like, oh wow, why have we had so many shutouts? Oh yeah, Charlie and Reef, Ava. Mia, Molly, you know Riley's coming in for, as a freshman, which is really awesome. And our and the rest of our back line uh, are some players who are really hungry, and and they know that that they have to fight really hard, and and they come to us with questions on how can I compete for a for for minutes, um, and they and and we give them those honest answers. And so, but but to your main question, Charlie and Reeve are just outstanding. I I, I give them an idea. And they run with it. Um, they're they're so bought in. Um, they are taking care of the training environment. They're holding high standards. Um, they they allow us and me in particular to um, be really honest with them. Like, hey, that rep wasn't good enough, right? As soon as we begin to drop a standard or or lose sight of a detail. Um, cracks start to build in the strength of the wall that we create as a back line. So let's have no um, cracks in that wall, right? Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are, are part of the game. It's part of being a human. Um, but not completing a recovery run or not computing a, or, uh, communicating a mark or um, not scanning for a, for a pass to swing the ball more quickly, you know, any particular game moment that a center back uh, goes into they are they are on top of it um, and it's and they're curious about how they can improve which is really cool to see um, I think that that they're just going to get stronger and then um, the outside back position is really exciting for us right now it's 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 a it's a piece of the puzzle that is weekly um, on our on our whiteboard um, it, it, with like okay who's Who's starting? Who's coming off the bench? What are the minutes? Um, who's the opponent? And 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 it's really good to have competitive, have a, have a really competitive space there. 
you know, that, that the fact that um, we are finding some rotation in the outside back position is not a bad thing. I think a lot of teams are like, you've got to lock in your back line and never change it except for when they get tired. It's, it's really good that Molly and Mia especially are, are battling for starting positions. It's really good that, that Riley is, is giving us options to, to support Ava as she, um, when she needs some rest. And it's really awesome that Molly and, and Mia can, can play on opposite sides at any given time, and so can Ava. So um, the back line is, is such a fun unit to work with because they are all competitive. They're all passionate. They, they take a ton of pride in what we do. Um, and it's and we talked about it yesterday in our unit meeting. It's a good it's a good flavor of pride is kind of what we were talking yeah. about. You know, it's there's there's pride. Hey, look at me, and then there's pride and like, hey, this is what we do. And and we talked about the flavors of pride, and and we got to maintain that humble uh, um, sense of of being really proud of what we do, and 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 they do that. So um, still a lot of growth, still a lot to work on. You know, I think that my job as a coach is to be like that was awesome, let's level up. That was awesome, let's level up. Um, and, and, and that's what Chris does as well, and that's what Ashley does as well. But it's, it's really easy to challenge them to level up when uh, they're hungry to level up. There you go, Jay Landham, associate head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer program, joining me, Andrew Houghton, for a, an hour-long soccer and snow yeah. and smoke Jay, great conversation, man. Awesome. I know we got to get you out of here, yep. but I, I appreciate the insight. Jay's got a great story, man. He stepped away from the Grizz soccer program for a season, found it wasn't to his liking, mm-hmm. managed to find his way back here to Missoula. The Grizz right now playing incredibly well everywhere on the pitch, but the back line and the goalkeepers have been really good. Mm-hmm. That's Jay's area of expertise. So I appreciate him taking the time to stop in. Share so much of this insight, share so much yeah. of, of your process with me. I mean, that stuff is super valuable, and mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get people to talk about it. But I really appreciate that. It's good catching up with you. It's good to yeah, see you. absolutely. Good luck the rest of the year. Thank Let's you. Let's check in again. But, I would love but, that. But thanks for the time, man. Yeah, this is a joy. And uh, our, our community is is incredible. So I love how, how far this reaches and, and your support and the community support. We actually just got a last little thing I'll share is we just got a report that we're, uh, I think, 43rd and 42nd in the country for, um, a, for highest attendance in a game and uh, average attendance in games. And that is that speaks to your work, that speaks to our marketing team's work, that speaks to the community at, in Missoula. And it's just so awesome to see. And then the last thing is our traveling parents and fans are out of this world. Like when they, we had more fans at Oregon State than Oregon State did. And uh, it's so awesome to have such an amazing group of, of support. It makes our job all the better. Uh, give high fives after the game, shake hands, give hugs, um, and and just and see our players having that experience and that support um, is something that that us as coaches love to see. So thank you, thank you to the community. It's awesome.